there it is. The greatest advance in television since color television itself. Okay, boys, here we go. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Not A Bomb Watches Cowboy Bebop. This is episode five, and I am one of your hosts, Brad Anderson. And with me, as always, is Harry Potter superfan, Troy Sauer. Whoa, whoa, Troy, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ex- Don't you dare put on the internet, you, I am a super How fan. How are you? Expelliarmus? Was- ex- ex- is that the spell or whatever? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I was- I was all excited because we missed a week and I missed you guys so bad until you started throwing that crap out about being, a, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. No, don't. I know. I know. I know you're not. Don't label uh, me that way. Okay. And, and also with us is our very own turd Ferguson, Sammy from the GGTMC. All right. Voldemort. Voldemort. Yes. <laughs> RIP Norm McDonald. So you had to be turd Ferguson this week. Hey, it's a giant hat. It's funny. It's, giant it's hat. funny. It's funny. It's a good, it's a good bit. Yeah. It's a Ferguson bit. Uh, yeah. Sammy, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Great. I like really missed you guys. I'm glad to be back in the saddle. I agree. We yeah. took off last week. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I missed it. Missed it a lot. I had to rewatch these two episodes again this week, which I'm Ooh, okay with. I'm sorry. Um, and speaking of which, uh, this week we're discussing uh, session nine, Jamie with Edward, and session 10, uh, Game of Meat Elegy. Troy, don't jump the gun. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, keep, your, keep your wand in your pants. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on, man. Boy wizard. Why don't you chill out? Um, do you guys just want to jump right into it? Because I know Troy has a lot of things to say about one of these episodes. Maybe both of them. I don't know. Let's uh, yeah. let's go ahead. Uh, Jamie with Edward. The crew enlists the help of an elite computer hacker nicknamed Radical Edward to help them track down a bounty, a bounty head <laughs> who has vanished has vandalized Earth's surface with hacked laser satellites. However, when they finally meet Edward face-to-face, the hacker's true true identity proves to be a surprise to everyone. (laughs) Troy? No, I think you should should start with Sammy on this Okay, Sammy, what were your initial thoughts on session nine? Um, uh, So this one kind of gets going, and like all episodes, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm sitting down. I'm ready to do some little sci-fi, a little... Uh, a little jamming uh, yeah. with you Edward get meet, here. You get HAL 9000, like right at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I has a nice little 2001 kind of riff right at the beginning. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And then we get introduced to this strange character uh, by the name of Edward uh, or Edward Wong Hars Papado Taruski Third or something like that. <laughs> I was, yes, very good. And this... I will say is one of the things I do not like about anime sometimes is the obnoxious childlike character. <laughs> Amen. Preach on brother. Preach on. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and I was worried about that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I feel as strongly about it as Troy does, but I will say, I think out of all the episodes we've watched this one, it's only saved by a nice extensive space battle in some ways, but it's definitely, tier two 
for me. Uh, but it might be tier three. It might be the worst episode I've seen. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's not terrible. I just, I don't know. I, I don't felt, I don't feel like it really moved our characters forward much either. Um, like this was just kind of a, it was a weird kind of stationary episode where I don't feel like I got any new spike stuff. I got any new jet black stuff. I got any new face stuff. Really. I don't feel like I got anything out of this one. It just felt very blah. If that makes sense. But you got Edward. Yeah, I got Edward, which I guess we're going to have some more Edward. Um, but more to come on that. I, I can speak about that uh, when we talk about okay. it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm dying to know what Troy thinks about this episode. So no, no, Troy, it's fine. Troy, Troy had a, he had an emotional response. Yes. <laughs> I, I want to I hear your thoughts because I know it's going to be strong. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I know what direction it's going. So please, Troy, so go. I, I know I was texting you guys very heavily the night I watched this and I, episode. I, and I was telling you guys to cut it out because we do a <laughs> podcast about it. And I'm like, you got to stop. I was very angry that night. I apologize. There there was no alcohol or anything involved either. I just want you to know that. I, I was clean and sober. <laughs> um, so the the first eight episodes of this series has possibly been some of the best television I've ever seen. And, and I don't think that's hyperbole. I think this series has hit everything that I love in terms of great concept, great characters, freaking great music. The music in the first eight episodes is fantastic. And I love that this series takes something that has been done before, either in a movie or, or TV, and kind of turns it on its head. It borrows from it, but it makes it its own. And I love these characters. I, I really love, you know, Spike. Um, I love Jet. I love Faye. I love Ayn. I love everything that's come up to this point. And I will say, even Faye's introduction wasn't, I think we talked about this, that was like a tier two. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't too excited about her introduction, but it was still a good episode. But mm -hmm. where she ends up two or three episodes later, total fan of. I had to watch this episode twice because my first reaction to seeing episode nine was I have never seen a series crap the bed so quickly and it was absolutely terrible. I can't tell you how annoyed I was with this episode and it, and a lot of it had to do with the character of Edward, but there were a couple other things that really just made me mad. It, it felt like, Cowboy Bebop, I, I married it, and we were like, yep, together until you know death do we part. And then it just went out and cheated on me the next day. That's how bad it was. I was so mad. Uh, you were in Cancun. There was some dude with a six-pack. It and was, and it was like, oh, forget you, Troy. I'm going over to this Cancun dude. I, I some was dude with so, a big yeah. hog and a banana hammock, and they're like, see ya. And I'll give you three <laughs> reasons. I'll give you three. Okay. I, was, I was livid, okay? First of all, the... This episode is so out of sync in comparison to the first eight that come with it. And it's out of sync, I think, for three reasons. The first reason is that you get so much exposition. You get a Peter Lorre scientist that is oh, telling yeah. you everything that's going on, right? And then after he's done telling you everything that's going on, then you get another, I don't know how many minutes, of a TV newscaster interviewing another like person telling you everything that's going on. And the conspiracy theorist guy? 
Well, that, that was one conspiracy. The, yeah. It starts with a conspiracy theorist guy, yeah. and it goes to another expert, and they're telling you everything that's going on in terms of world building, setup, everything else. And this series had never committed that sin up to that point. There was a lot more, uh, you find out what's going on with the characters or the plot through action. But the first part of this thing, it's all exposition. And it's exposition through a freaking newscast interview, which is a freaking sin. It's a cardinal sin in, in movies and TV. Number two, where's all the fucking cool music? <laughs> it's not here. Not, not what, and that's probably what aggravated me the most. You get tank, it opens with tank and you're like, Oh my God, I love tank. Yeah. But this one doesn't have any standout jams of any nothing. Sort. You get, you get a little something here and there and it, and it's like basic anime music, but nothing stands out musically in this film. And I feel uh, like the first eight episodes, it, it really, there was always that element to it. Yeah. I felt like with the title of the episode, the jamming with Edward, that like it was going to be uh, guitar lick heavy. Oh, like maybe it was yes. an Edward Van Halen thing. You know, talk and about I was kind of surprised by that. A little bit let down. This bait and switch felt like a swift kick to the balls. That's how bad it was. It was terrible. <laughs> I got a video for you. <laughs> OK, I don't want it. But listen, <laughs> I just you 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 look at that title and you go, okay, I've seen eight episodes of them incorporating all of this different variation of film uh, with music, and there's a theme. I mean, episode seven, the, the episode, I, what was it, right before this was Heavy Metal Queen? Is that right? Um, yeah, it was two episodes before this. Right? Yeah, or two, two episodes. episodes. Okay, so it's two episodes. So each episode manages to bring some type of musical style to Waltz it. Waltz for Venus was eight. Oh, Waltz for Venus, yeah. And even that had a great soundtrack to it. This one, nothing, nothing memorable. There was a, a nice little, I don't know, riff that was happening when they're trying to interview people to try and find this Edward character. But outside of that, nothing memorable. And then Edward. What? What? Okay. That face. <laughs> yeah. This guy is a walking, sorry, not guy. This gir girl. I, this girl is a walking can of Mountain Dew. And I don't mean that as a compliment. It is, it is a pixie sugar dust. You in, you remember, okay. <laughs> you, you ever go to the public pools and you're like, oh, I only have 50 cents and you end up getting the, the pixie thing where you, where you get the candy thing and you dip it in the sugar and then you, you know yeah, what I'm talking the, about? It's got like the, the sugar yeah. stick that you dip into the, the yeah. pixie dust. That yeah. thing. Okay. So yeah. imagine somebody buying like 18 packs of that and sniffing it through its nose and then putting on a performance. That's what this character is. <laughs> Those are the three things that make this episode so out of place in, in my opinion, compared to the first eight. However, I will say this after that first view, I was like, Fuck this! I'm not watching this show anymore. I'm out. I'm tapping out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what that, that's what your text basically yeah. said. I was yes. like, I'm done. I'm not. No, I'm not. If this is what the rest of the series is like, I'm totally done with it. But I calmed down. I, I went back and and watched some film noir. I'm like, okay, cool. And I text you guys. I'm like, oh hey, look at this classic. It's Veronica Lake, Alan Ladd. I'm like, okay, cool. So yeah. I come back and I I watch it again. I'm like, all right, listen. You, you had a bit of a negative reaction to Faye, but you still liked the episode. And to your point, Sammy, the back part of this has a pretty good space battle, except no freaking cool music. But all yeah, right. there's no real music during it. It's yeah. very well animated, that whole back end. But it is. And I'll say this. 
It's funny that this episode is influenced by 2001 Space Odyssey, which is obviously like very music heavy. Music heavy. Yes. And there's like no memorable music in this episode. Ah, uh, I, I know. But I, I, I will say this. The second time I watched it, knowing what kind of shit show it was going to be, <laughs> I enjoyed it a little bit more. But I wouldn't call this second tier, third tier. I mean, let's go fifth tier because at this point, I'm not trusting this series right now. Yeah, well, you got you're gonna if you're gonna go five tiers, you're gonna have to start naming your tiers at this point. Yeah, I'll call this fifth tier is the Edward tier, so let's just call it that. Yeah, there you go. Edward had you crying fifth tiers. Oh, jeez, sorry. Done. So you didn't like it? This was this was uh, this was tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this was tough. This is super tough to get through. I'm going to strongly disagree with you both. I like this episode quite a bit. All right. And I like the laser fight at the end. Um, I like there's some subtle little things that go on in this episode that I think need to be touched upon. Um, Edward knows. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Did you say subtle? Yeah. So Edward. There's nothing subtle about this episode whatsoever. So Edward knows about the bebop before they interact with. Edward. She's already heard about it, knows the adventures of the Bebop. So we can kind of infer that like in this galaxy, the Bebop is is something to be heard about or you know, there is some sort of infamy with it. Um, I do like that aspect of it. I, Troy, I think, is a little bit unkind to this episode. Why do you have a pen and you're writing something down? Okay. I'm making notes. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Making notes where he's drawing pictures, one of the other. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a penis, I'm going to be very disappointed. Um, I, I, I uh, can I say this? Sorry, Brad. I don't go ahead. Go, no, go I right know, ahead. I know you got your thing going here, but I, I want to say for the record that I didn't know Edward was a female until we recorded the show just now. Thank you very well, much. It, you're not so well. It, no, it, she makes a comment at the end of the episode. It's like, yeah. oh, you're a girl. But I, but so my problem with that is, that's the problem I have with Edward. I don't, I don't care about Edward. Thank so, you, Sammy. I, okay. I know you guys haven't seen anything past episode 10, Yeah. but I think you're being really harsh on this character. And I think by the end of it, you will feel differently about Edward. I promise you. I hope so. I, I, I promise mean, I, you. I hope so because the characters I always hated in video games, RPGs and stuff was always that whiny kid character. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to touch on is the fact that I, I wanted to ask you all a question because I know Troy was very dismissive of this, um, and I wanted to kind of kind of center my discussion on kind of the references made in this show. You know, we've had uh, we had Robert Rodriguez in the first one in episode five. We obviously had John Woo. Here we have Kubrick. Um, is and Rain Man. Don't forget that one. <laughs> Okay, yes. Because um, <laughs> apparently you, we're referencing Rain Man with this character, apparently. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> do you think... So is it important to know those references for TV shows or for movies? Like, is that... Do you think modern... So if, say, someone who is younger comes into this to this TV show, is it important for them to know or understand or does it... What I'm trying to say, does it matter if you know the references or not or know what it's, this is borrowing from 
for me, you know, when I first saw Pulp Fiction, like I didn't know what it was referencing. Reservoir Dogs, I didn't know what it was referencing. Then I went back and once I kind of knew, looked at it, it was like, oh, okay. Like, yes, this is a very, very, uh, you know, pointed homage. Um, is that something that we think is important for this TV show? Like, do you need to understand? Like, if you open this episode very referencing HAL 9000, should you know that? Is that important to this episode? Because um, <clears throat> I wanted to get into that deeper discussion. Because does it matter? Does does understanding reference matter? I don't think so. Uh, not for me. I, I will say this, though. I would bet nine out of ten people would see the opening of this episode and know what it's referencing. <laughs> because the HAL, uh, the HAL 9000i is so kind of synonymous with pop culture and science fiction. I, I, I would say if you're watching Cowboy Bebop, you probably, probably, yeah, probably. There's that Venn that Venn diagram is probably pretty close, right? I yeah. just no, no, absolutely not. I okay. actually don't think a lot of people. And so here's why I think this, and I have no statistical data. This is anecdotal. Okay, <laughs> so when Alex, our good friend Alex, who actually runs the Friends with Cinefits podcast had visited Baltimore. And one of the things I did, and this is pre-pandemic, we went and toured the DC area. And in the uh, science portion, the uh, what was the Smithsonian Air and Science Museum, they had an entire setup, and it was a one-to-one -one replication of the White Room at the end of 2001. So right. you had to put on these special gloves and put these things over your shoes and you can walk through the set pretty much of the last part of 2001. So I am just giddy as a schoolboy because living out here, I've actually seen 2000. I, I, of all the, the old films I've seen in the theater, 2001 is one of my favorites because I I've actually seen it in 70 millimeter a couple of times. And one of the times at the AFI with our good friend, Randy, and I didn't even know the two leading characters were still alive and they were there to present the film and we got to do a Q&A with them. But we went to the Science Center and I, I take Alex and Alex is in his 20s and we're going through 2001. He has no idea what this film is or much what, much what it's referencing, et cetera. So I actually think a film like 2001 from your 20-something to, let's say, 20 to 30-year-olds, I, I don't think it's that prominent in their cultural vocabulary. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, that's a that's a valid comment, I would say. Yeah. It's I was more just, of a movie buff. Because the only people yeah. that were going through that interactive display where you could walk through the entire set were people my age. And I, I'm in my 40s, right? So... Um, and, and I would, I would say this, if, if you were probably 30 something up to whatever, 30 something beyond, that's what the population was that was excited about this display or going through it, but you didn't see kids or 20 something year olds looking at that. They're looking at the Marvel stuff that was up there. Well, yeah, I, I was just wondering like if, if references matter to enjoyment, no, I, or does I, it just add a layer to it? I, I think what happens is if you find that your, uh, your, your, I don't know, your subject or your story is is relying on those references, 
you're actually compensating for a poor story, poor visuals, poor characterization, all that other stuff. I, I, I think to you, what you just said, it adds a layer to it if it's not the sole concentration of it. But people who throw stones at like movies like Ready Player One, I, I think they're valid to a certain degree. I still think it's a fun film. But I, I think if you create something that is simply exist because you're trying to reference other things. Spaceship legacy. Yes, exactly. And, and, yeah. and your story's not strong. Or maybe your story's pedestrian, but your performances aren't strong. Like there, there has to be an element of that medium that stands out. And it can't be the references. It can be the story. It can be the visuals. It can be the scripting. But the minute that the references overshadow everything else you've got a piece of garbage in my opinion well well that's why quentin tarantino works quentin tarantino works because the writing yes exactly it yeah. is yeah. It, they, it, yeah, cause, because he can steal everything visually but nobody can steal his style of writing people have and, tried <laughs> yeah people have tried and they've tried badly and there's good guy there's good versions of that as well but really, if you read an Elmore Leonard novel, you can see where Quentin Tarantino learned how to write dialogue. Yes, yeah, exactly. I, I just thought it was important because I think this show relies a lot on reference and calling back to things that obviously the creators of the show love and <laughs> want to sort of allude to. I, um, do you think so? So let me ask you this question. The, su- the success of episode one through eight is it because of what it's referencing of the things that we like or is it because the writing is really strong, the visuals are really strong? Yeah, I mean, and I like this episode quite a bit more than you all. And the, I mean, the reference really, I don't really care whether or not they reference <laughs> yeah. Space Odyssey. It's cool that they do because they're in space. It's an AI um, and it, it's a, it's just a cool sort of one-off thing. It, the, the the quality of the episode doesn't hinge on whether or not I understand the reference. I just was wondering, like, can someone who doesn't understand, because I think this one is the most overt reference to anything in this show so far. Like, it's literally the same. It's literally the eye. Like, it's the red eye. Like, for any, I think so. What what else has been more overt than HAL 9000? Uh, I, I mean... I'll give you that. Yes. Okay. It's, it's in the your, most on the nose. It's yes. in your face. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it I, opens the episode, but the the quality, it, it doesn't matter whether or not I know that, but does, do, do I automatically go into this episode with some sort of thought of what's going to happen because they start with an, with a reference to space odyssey. Yeah. I, I think it just, for me, it just came back to the, I don't feel like there was any progression with the relationship with the, the three leads. I felt like this was really just kind of a hanging out episode. All TV shows have these episodes where, yeah, your leads are in there, your characters are in there, but we have this other little thing we're going to show you. Now, I know from watching the next episode that Edward's around, but I didn't know that in, at this moment. And so I thought it was this weird kind of bounty thing. And I was like, please make this character go away because it's loud and obnoxious and thank you I'm not in the mood for that um the it, space well, battle somewhat saves it for me a little probably more so for me than for troy but I, I still think the pacing on this episode and everything it just it felt like everything's kind of out of whack and even that even with the hal 9000 
kind of riff here with the uh, MPU. Is that what he calls it? MPU. Yeah. MPU? Yep. That dialogue is not interesting between, I don't think the dialogue is as interesting as it could be between Edward and that uh, artificial intelligence. I think this show is smarter than that dialogue exchange gives it credit for. Can I, can I ask you something, Sammy? Cause you, you made a reference that this character, I, I mean, and again, I don't know. This is so unfair. I, I will be the first to say, I think that episode nine, I'm putting it on the lowest of the lowest tier, the Edward tier, right? So I'm, that's what I'm calling it, the Edward tier. Yeah. Unfair. I, I, it's fair now, right? Episode nine, it's fair now. This is a <laughs> crap episode. However, I, I feel, and again, this is, this is me putting a lot of trust in the first eight episodes that at, at some point, episode 20, I'm going to go, oh my God, I got to go back and watch episode nine because I get it now. I, I yeah. understand what it's doing. But to your point, Sammy, I have to ask you this because I think you feel the same way. The, the thing that rubbed me wrong is this character didn't belong with the other characters that I've been hanging out with, with the first eight episodes is, is that the vibe you got? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, again, it's what I say. It's the obnoxious, almost comedy relief character. It's, and it just, I never felt that character belonged with this trio. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in love with this trio now and well, be not be fair to the dog. It's well, but true. the dog is super cool compared to this walking yeah. mountain dew so i will have more to say about edward when we talk about episode 10 okay i i don't want to forget my other point to troy because yeah, you sorry. you said something i said something that was subtle and you laughed at me we also kind of get the first little hint of earth and what happens to earth in this and it's kind of a, a blink and you miss it sort of deal that there's uh, a gate. yeah because i like, missed it i don't yeah. even know what you're getting ready to talk yeah, about a gate a gate a uh warp exploded gate exploded or something yeah yep. Earth is basically inhabitable. Yeah, okay. People live underground. It took um, a piece. It took a chunk of the moon, right? And yep, pieces yep. And of the so moon are falling Because of that, down. there's a there's rock storms, so people have to live underground. Um, and and so when there's lasers shooting these pictures into the the ground, my first thought was, well, what's the crime? There's no one there. There's like hardly anyone there anymore. But then you get into the thought of, well, there's this like oligarchy that kind of runs all this stuff and they're in charge and they can just put a bounty on whatever they want. So if they deem it to be a crime, they kind of, it's a crime essentially. Um, that's going on in the background. Troy, it's there. No, um, no, no. You not. don't know that, but, um, <laughs> well, uh, I, so but anyway, can I, so the reason why I wrote down the subtlety comment was, all right. So subtlety I think can come from a story or can come from performance, but subtlety has to be presented as subtlety. If it's overshadowed by something else, it's not subtle. Does that make sense? I, I guess I get your point. I, I mean, you could, I wasn't an English major, so no, I'm just, this is what I'm trying to articulate is you could have some subtle shit going on in the background. Yeah. But if what's going on in the foreground is not subtle and it's overpowering, then what is the point of putting that thing in the background and subtle from a, from a subtle perspective? Cause it's not your focal it's point a, it's a of happy your story. Accident. It's just a nice little 
little subtle truth. No, 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 no. I, you're, you're talking about, you've got your viewer's attention. Mm-hmm. Subtlety has impact when it's a part of the viewer's attention. Subtlety, it has, it's not subtle if it doesn't have impact. And so you can have these story beats going on in the background, but if what's going on in the foreground is overshadowing that, how can it be subtle? Hmm. Okay, professor, I'm stumped. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, no, that, I, that was my annoyance with this episode is I, I get that. And, and you know what, the things that you talked about, it's like, Oh, I didn't know that Edward was a female. I picked that up on my second viewing. I, I didn't know that the gate exploded and it caused the moon to have these rocks falling. And then they're that's giving how the, f- that's why the one kid would not age. Yeah. And then no. the forecast is happening where it's like, Oh, we have a 10% here. Oh, nope. We corrected that. That's a 90%, you know, falling rock. I got that on the second piece because I'm paying closer attention. But one of the things I don't think this episode has is any amount of subtlety because subtlety relies on you picking up on it. And it's got to be in the foreground for it to have impact. Now I could be totally wrong. I'd be totally talking off the cuff here, but this is why that episode didn't work is because everything that was in the foreground and everything that's putting in my face, it, it didn't work because it was every other TV show that's out there. And it was so out of sync to the first eight episodes. Well, there's also illusions that Faye is actually older than we think she is, which is very helpful for the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Any other thoughts on this one? Because I have a lot to say about episode 10. Um, So Uh, does anyone have any parting parting shots before we move on? No, I I will just say I didn't didn't have the visceral response that Troy had, but I did find it to be a little bit of a disappointment. That's what I'll say. Wrap it up. Can I I say this, that... um, we did. I, I put the question out today about this character because I know we were going to be talking about it. And I thought this was a good response. So I do want to read this. So we had somebody who on our Twitter account from Sudden Rebop post this. And it was, she is the heart of the ship, a super genius hacker with a heart of gold and an indispensable disposition. She is the whimsical version of Spike's favorite saying, whatever happens, happens. So here's the thing. I think this person has seen the entire series. And I think this person has the view of what this character leads to the overarching story mm-hmm. of what Cowboy Bebop is. And what I'm excited about is I think I'm going to get to where Sudden Rebop is in their assessment of Edward. But what I love about how we're doing the show is we forced ourselves to kind of go, well, at least Sammy and I. You haven't broken the code yet, Sammy, right? You're not. I, no, I've not broken the code. Okay, good. So we're we're taking this at two episodes per week, and we're not kind of powering through this and seeing where it goes. So I will be curious when this is done to go back and listen to not a bomb watch or listen, yeah, to listen to this episode and go, how wrong was I in terms of this character? Because obviously something's going down if somebody who's seen this entire series feels this way about that character. <laughs> Or maybe how right you were. I mean, I think that's the reason why talking about television week to week is much more interesting than talking about television. If you just been, if if I go watch all the episodes of Why the Last Man, which just came out, and I really want to watch that, um, it's done. So now, if somebody says, "Well, I only watched one and two, I can't really talk to them about it because yeah. all of their reflection, all of their criticisms will be, I will be reflecting on everything they're saying, and. 
I always hate, I kind of hate that when you're talking to somebody and you're like, yeah, man, I really like Frazier. You know, he, he's pretty cool. You're like, yeah, like, you ever seen the, uh, you know, you seen him on Cheers? You ever seen Frazier? Huh? 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 Well, he's much better on Frazier. Huh? Well, you know. Yeah. No one ever said Frazier is better than Cheers. They better not. Um, Troy. Okay. I won't say it. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Yes. To episode 10. Frazier is better than Cheers. Mm. <laughs> Game of Mead Elegy. <laughs> God damn you. Uh, I yeah, hear the blues are calling. <laughs> Stupid dog. Uh, Jed is even more taciturn as, than usual as the Bebop lands on Game of Mead. Uh, his last post before leaving the ISSP in the home of his ex-girlfriend, Elisa, whom he never quite left behind. Meanwhile, Spike pursues Bounty Rent, who just happens to be Elisa's new boyfriend. Uh, Troy, I'll start with you this time. Thank God we went to a uh, tier one quality episode. I was super excited. I love this episode. This episode is so powerful. It is. I, Brad, you know what, you know what this episode is? This is that romantic uh, bullet ballet. Yes. Type stuff. I mean, and it's not I'm a science chilled. fiction episode. Like, there's nothing science, yeah. really science fiction in this episode. It's so yeah. character driven. That's what I yeah. love about it. And, and you, we we learned so much about Jet and just like the fact that who he is on the Bebop, this father figure, does not work in this relationship with Elisa. And as much as they love each other, like it just doesn't work because she can't be with a person like Jet. And we kind of see that. And then we see him finally be able to move on. Um, you know, there's even like that, the illusions, like the, the symbolism in some of this episode is a little much like the dippy dipping bird or whatever those things are called. Yes. Like dips back in the yeah. water and dips out. You're like, okay, we, we get it. He's dipping it. There's so much repetition in this episode too, where like <laughs> the guy's trying to light the cigarette. It's like repetition, repetition, rep- like just keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, I'm sorry, Troy. I, 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 I'm sorry with you. I, no, I, I love this. What, what I love about this is I've, everything you've talked about, I wrote down. I'm like, fuck, get out of my head, Brad. Yeah. So this, everything, have, everything you, you have mentioned. Face, do you have a uh, face swimsuit written down? Yeah, I do have that. Um, oh, how, sure. how does face swimsuit stay on defies laws of gravity and physics? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, go. There, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of repetitious bouncing. Yeah. So you hit a lot of my high points. I want to say this. So here's the thing. You understand jet at this point, you get this whole character story arc wrapped up into his past. And what I love about it is she is struggling because because she can't stay with Jet simply because of how idealistic he is. And I love the fact that you get to this just freaking ending. It's so tense. I was literally on the edge of my seat, right? So I'm, I'm watching how this is going to play out and whether or not he's going to let this couple go or he's going to enforce the law. And you find out what, what I hate about uh, most of the times when Hollywood or somebody takes this type of story arc and says, here's, here's a lawman. He follows all the rules, everything else. And he's going to break it for the woman he loves. Again, what makes this series so unusual and unique is you take that same story arc and here jet is, and you get to understand him where he goes, he can't live with himself. If he chooses to do something different than his ideals, 
Mm. And again, this is so refreshing in, in terms of a TV series, not an animated series, but just a TV series where you have this character development that is so deep and so rich and you, you get this backstory and then you, you, I don't know. You start to understand why he made decisions that he made in the first eight episodes because you get to see it play out all on a personal level. I absolutely love this episode. Sammy, you talk. <laughs> okay, I will. Yes. Uh, uh, I love this episode as well. Actually, this I'm going to go out and say it right now, this is my favorite episode so far. Uh, yes, it's very high up there. This, yeah. is, this, is, this has the yes. romance that I like. This has the the gun ballet stuff that I enjoy from this series so far. Hey, and remember when I said, when you guys said episode four is your favorite episode and yeah. I said, it probably won't be in your yeah. top five at the end of this. You were or right. It's, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad you were, we're right. not even, we're not, e- we're just at 10 now. We're not even halfway there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I'm glad you were right. I mean, this, this is to me, this, this move, this episode is like a little movie. Yes. Yes. It's like a little 20 minute yeah. movie. And it's pretty fantastic. I mean, it would make a great film with like a middle-aged action star. I mean, you could just plop it down. You wouldn't even need all the backstory or anything because the simplicity of the story is right there. Yeah, just think about how little goes on in this episode, though. No, I I disagree. I think a lot goes on in this episode because exposition is happening through action. I I get, but yes, there's, there's no real... In this episode, there's usually like a buildup, and then yes. at the end, there's some sort of battle or something. Yeah. In this one, it's very, it just kind of, it just people having interactions. Yeah. There's subtlety in this episode. Okay. <laughs> How about you S my D? Is that subtle enough for you? <laughs> Boom. There we go. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I, I enjoyed all of that, and I enjoyed. That romantic that it's it's almost like it is it's almost like some old school western stuff too. It's like the like Troy talked about the lawman, this idealism, and how he can't settle down and have a normal life, and then he kind of sheds that. We find out for the Jet Black character that he was one type of character, and now he's kind of shed some things and become this other person. But here he is coming back to his past, and uh, so many of us uh, probably have something from our past. We would really rather never kind of go back to uh, maybe because it's too raw, too painful, or just it's plain awful. Uh, sure. There's some things we all would like to go back to sometimes I think, but I, I, I love, it really opened up this character for me. He had been this father figure and kind of this, uh, kind of this almost, he's almost in a lot of ways, he was almost the punchline to a lot of things, or he was the guy saying the punchlines. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was all fantastic. I liked all that stuff. And he's got a great look anyway. I mean, he's very memorable looking character. He's got a ridiculous beard and he's got this, you know, this balding head and everything. And, you know, he looks like he's half cybernetic or something. And, and so he's got this great look, but this one also capitalizes on all the things I like about cinema and, and TV shows when they're done well it takes time to focus on the small things like footsteps, uh, eyes, uh, subtle movements. Oh, subtlety. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Subtlety (laughs) S to the D's. Uh, (laughs) but it, but it, it takes time to do these things and it does it all in 20 something minutes and it does a really good job. And the action set piece, I mean, at this point we know what our show is. It's introduction. Usually it's some type of, 
you know, cowboy related commercial bounty type thing. We get, we get a bad guy. They land somewhere. They go somewhere. We get an action set piece and then, you know, see you space cowboy. But this one felt like it packed a lot more of emotion into it. And it felt like there was some real weight to Jet Black's decision-making. And even though I kind of knew what he was going to do, I kind of didn't. It was kind of a, it was kind of a great moment. And I just liked the way it all played out. The music was memorable. It felt operatic at times. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is one of the best episodes. It's my personal favorite, but it's definitely one of the best three episodes I've watched of the show. No yep. doubt. Cool. Yeah. I, I agree with you guys. I love this episode. I'm all, I've been pro jet black from the beginning, but we also see that he's got some baggage with him and, and it's good to see characters that are complex and, you know, he's not just this guy. He's got some stuff that goes on and he's got this past with this woman. Um, and we also learned that like he and Faye can never be friends because he is a cop. Yes. And she basically tells him like, Oh yeah, that's why we can't be friends. And that kind of yeah. plays out throughout this show. Um, yeah. You know, Jet's always been a, a, a cool character, but I love just adding these layers of complexity to make them feel more real. Cause like, we're not like we're complex creatures. Like we have baggage, we have stress, we have tension and, they, I think they use Jet way more than other characters to kind of show the realness of these characters. Mm-hmm. You know, when he and Spike had tension, like they used Jet to, to show the complexities of these relationships. Um, and, you know, I, even though, like I was saying, like not a whole lot happens in this episode, like I love that boat chase with, yeah. with Spike. Um, and you'll notice, like, a, Troy, there's a little subtle, subtle move going on here. Spike locks on to the boat. Yeah. yeah. And then he moves and like, yeah. And then he, he moves, like he doesn't shoot them because he knows. And like, he is told that this is, you know, this is Jet's old girlfriend. And he has a moment where he could, you know, basically capture these people. Well, he, he doesn't. He, he does make the comment to Jet where Spike is like, hey, there's a bounty. He's explaining the bounty and he goes, sorry about the situation, but you know, money's money. And Jet comes back and goes, I got this. And, and Spike backs off of it and lets Jet handle it. So what I, what I really like is when this series does it right, you don't find anything that touches its ability to tell you about its characters or its story through its action or its choices of action. You you just don't see that today. It tells you so much about spike. Like you said, Brad, when he's about ready to do this and they have this exchange and and spike backs off, it tells you everything about jet, especially in that ending. And like you said, um, Sammy, I I had no idea how this was going to play out because in my head I'm going, Oh, well spoilers. Okay. Um, he's going to let her go because that's the love of his life. Right. And it doesn't play out like that, which is unusual for this type of story. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is one of the things that I love about this series. It's as surprising and, and refreshing that it takes the traditional, maybe Western story or, or 
or traditional characterization and it turns it on its head a little bit, but it doesn't just turn it on its head. It adds a lot of depth to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. It's, you know, it's, it's basically a tragic story. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And that that's the romantic value. I mean, so it goes back to some of the oldest type of storytelling. Well, isn't that but, what an elegy is? Isn't that like a, yeah. isn't it like a sad poem or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like I a mean, sad wrapped up statement. Unlike episode nine, it fits the title that it's named after. And can we, so what's amazing. She was, Edward was jamming on the keys, clickety clacking. Yeah, that guy was, no, but uh, we're past episode nine. I want to talk about, so I'll say this. What I, <laughs> I got to ask you guys this. Did, do you think that the creators, the artists, the storytellers, everybody knew episode nine was a rough ride and because of the introduction of Edward and as a result of that, Edward is sidelined in the first like five minutes of this episode, and the rest of it is Jet and Spike. Do you think that was a conscious choice? I I don't know if it is. Um, it was a welcome choice on my part, but I'm just yeah. asking. Do you think it's a well? Conscious they kind of Kool Aid man Edward into this. You know, they yeah. bust through the wall, and then I think after that, yeah, you kind of got to he's put, gone. Pump the brakes just a little bit. He's and then, not in the episode. The rest of the yeah. the thing. Yeah, I mean, I like the moment between, I mean, it's a bit perverse, but I like the moment between Edward and Faye. I like that moment, the rubbing of the face on the leg or whatever it is. Was this, was, or did, did, did she rub it or did he lick it? Did she lick it? <laughs> she kind of makes that dog sound a little bit too. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, she bites the perverse. she bites the guy in the beginning because it, he was mean to the dog or whatever. Like yeah. this Edward character, I haven't got figured out. So... I was happy that we get a little Edward antics in the beginning. And then after that's done, we don't see Edward much anymore. Yeah. I think, you know, this is maybe not the right level of Edward, but it's certainly a more welcome level amount of, of Edward. And it made me curious about the character more The the, the, the for last episode where we, we got so much Edward, I was just like, you know, I mean, I like pancakes, but after five pancakes, you know, I don't like pancakes anymore. Wow, five. Wow, that's a that's a man right there. <laughs> that's a stack. Yeah, that's a fat stack. <laughs> it's a fat stack of my S and D's. But the uh, the uh, but you know, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, I you know, you love something, you you can eat it, and I, I don't know. This is never mind. Let's not talk anymore about this. Because, <laughs> what okay, start so to I, be more perverse. I did a little. I did a little research for you guys before we started because I knew Troy was not fond of this episode. So I pulled up, according to IMDb, based on rankings and what people rated the television show episodes. I will tell you what the lowest rated four episodes of this show are oh okay. of them i don't agree with this number 26 is stray dog strut which is episode two oh which wrong. i like quite a bit that's yeah. wrong um, yeah that's yeah, silly that's wrong, that, number yeah. 25 is jamming with edward i agree with that yeah but it should be really 26 okay number 24 which is interesting is honky tonk woman which is episode three which is the introduction i agree with I, that should be 25 yeah and then Asteroid Blues, the first one is 23. What the? Really? I know, I know. Yeah. And then we, and actually 22 is Waltz for Venus, which is an episode I love. Yeah, um, yeah, I disagree with that. So you have a lot of good episodes coming up, trust me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that, well, it also makes me kind of excited. I mean, hearing that, I mean, I don't always like to go with the masses, but it does, yeah, yeah. Me, it does make me feel like, you know, obviously Brad has seen this more than once. So, 
his reactions are quite different than Troy's and mine. So my initial reactions matching what the general consensus seems to be makes me feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. Good. I, I don't dislike any episode of this show. So yeah. 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 Um, and I even, mean, we I all have see, shows like that. Yeah. And I even see where you guys are coming from. Like Edward has a weird introduction to this show and it's very in your face. Um, they could have done some things a little bit more toned down a bit. Um, but it's weird. I think also, if you think about it, we're that was nine episodes into a show and they just are introducing a main character. So I think maybe they're trying to make a bigger splash doing that um, because it's nine episodes in and we're like, Oh no, we have to, have, we have to add this character in right now. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I agree with you. I, I'll say this. I, I, I mean, again, the first eight episodes are so strong that when I ran across that nine, Although my knee-jerk reaction was, okay, I'm done with the show. Like, I, I don't want to see, if this is where we're going, I'm done. But I still, at the, in my head, I was like, okay, look, you love the first eight. Like, you love the first eight. Go back and watch nine. I had a little bit more appreciation for it. I still think it's terrible. But I, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be one of those episodes where when the series is done... I'm going to go back and understand it more because I'm going to understand that character a little bit more. So I, 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 do, I guarantee that. Yeah. I have so much faith in this series at this point that I think that's going to happen. But the thing we have not talked about, which on episode 10, which I want to mention real quick is this episode starts out with a song that has this Ella Fitzgerald uh, texture or tune to it. And I really love it. And I think that song in and of itself, because if you ever listen to Ella Fitzgerald, um, I, I think she's she's one of the greatest vocalists ever, ever alive. But it has this Ella Fitzgerald vibe that it sets the entire tone for the entire episode. And that's what I love about the series is you get a musical cue or you get a vibe from the music that is going to influence your feelings and everything that kind of goes down with the story and the characterization Mm-hmm. And I, I really love that aspect of this episode because everything that you said, Sammy and, and you too, Brad, I mean, you, you read my mind, which, you know, was on my notes when we started, I, I absolutely adore this episode, but what I, what I really find so smart. And again, is a strength of the series, you get that music that keys off, like, here's what we're dealing with right now. And when I felt that Ella Fitzgerald kind of vibe coming through, I, I just settled in and I'm like, oh, we're we're back to Cowboy Bebop that I know. Yeah. I think, you know, music can it, it sets the tone for the episode. And music can do that sometimes. Yeah. I mean it's it's kinda like, you know, to go back to, you know, I hate to always bring up and we always seem to bring you well, you guys always seem to bring up Quentin Tarantino, Jackie Chan, or Tom Cruise. But if you think <laughs> about it, uh Jungle Boogie, I mean, every time I hear that, all I can think about is Pulp Fiction. That's all I can think about. I can't Royale think. with cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can't think of anything else, but, but it sets the tone for how wacky that movie really is. I mean, that movie is, it's just wacky. I mean, I was watching some of it the other day because it was on some station. I was flipping by and I was just watching the uh, scene where Vincent goes to pick up uh, Mia Wallace. And I was like, even this at its quiet moments is slightly off kilter. Yeah. And that's what makes it so good. Yep. Yep. 
That's all I got. Could, all right. Couldn't have said it better myself, Sammy. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sammy, you, you need to you need to spend some time with Brad when you're in a room with him and he just quotes the whole movie. It's yeah. it's not creepy at all. No, it's not. Um, I agree <laughs> with you guys. I think this is one of the best episodes. I love giving Jet his moment in the sun. Yes. And kind of tackling this his past and characters do get this these moments in this show and it, it really pays off quite a bit. Um anything else we want to say or talk about with this one? The music in this one is much better than episode nine. It's it's oh, one yeah. of the better better musical episodes. Um okay. Uh that's all we got for uh what was it? Game of Mead Elegy. Um, so next week we will be talking about Toys in the Attic. <gasps> Aerosmith. Aerosmith, yes. And then we're yeah. going to be talking about the first part of a two-part episode. Wait, what? Uh, what? Yes. So Jazz, uh, Jupiter Jazz Part 1. Not Jupiter. No, Sammy, that's Jazz. <laughs> jazz. I, was, I was more worried about Troy with Toys in the Attic. I thought he was going to get out his big 10-inch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold um, on. Time out. So... Seriously, we're going to do two episodes where the second episode is a cliffhanger. Yeah. And then we will essentially the episode after that, we will end the first season with Jupiter jazz part two and then start the second season. Nice. So um, we're, we're actually going to be cliffhanging our audience while we get cliffhanged. Yes. Cliffhanged. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's how it works, man. When you have 13 episodes, Okay. My mom will shoot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're um, going over the top, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That, that text exchange was too much. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It was pretty funny, though. That was it hilarious. Was, yeah, was. I was laughing. I'm in, a, I'm in a meeting with legal, and they're like, why are you snickering? I'm like, look, I can't explain it right now. I'm using my consulting voice. Listen, I can't explain this right now, but it's really important that I have to look up Sylvester Stallone's filmography. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I get out of a meeting and like go to my phone, and there's like 45 <laughs> text messages, and they're all references to S- Sylvester Stallone movies. So no, I, I appreciate you're welcome. That, that is no, a great yes. Thursday. Thank you. Yeah, it was. It was. It made it made my Thursday. I it, can tell you because I was yeah. having a bad day up until yeah. that point. That was awesome. Uh, Toys in the Attic is an interesting episode. I, I'm very curious to see how this one goes. Um, so be ready. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm ready. I, I want to say for the record, I, I had a feeling, of course, I don't know how to read Brad on this series, but with Troy, because we're experiencing it both for the first time, yeah. there was no text messaging whatsoever on this episode between either me or him towards Brad. So I had a hunch that this episode saved the day. <laughs> I'm glad that I had that hunch because it saved the day for me as well. It did. Yeah. It did. And I'm watching it and I'm like, surely he likes this maybe not as much as i do but it's gotta be it's gotta be close oh it was awesome he hasn't said a word it's yeah cricket. i, I love that i love the episode i loved it yeah all right sammy why don't you give uh the little ele- ele- elevator pitch of the ggtmc oh yeah listeners know the gentleman's got the midnight cinema podcast going on 13 years covering every type of movie you can possibly imagine and uh, we'll be doing the, by the time you guys listen to this, we'll be recording our Street Fighter episode. Oh. Sonny Chief passed away recently. Yeah. Not that Street Fighter, not Colonel Guile. No, no, we already oh. did that one. We did yeah. that one a while back. Yep. Well, we did the Jean-Claude Van Damme one anyway. 
Um, but we are doing uh, Street Fighter and Return of Street Fighter, so I'm kind of just kind of dang. I usually don't promote what we're doing, just the show itself, but I'm going to kind of throw that out there because uh, Sonny uh, Sheba meant a lot to uh, the boys over at uh, the GGTMC and a lot of our listening audience, I think. And you can find us at the ggtmc.blogspot.com or you can find us at anchor.fm slash ggtmc. And, I mean, you can Google search ggtmc reviews and probably find one of the thousand and sixty something films we've covered at this point it's <laughs> quite a bit it's can quite i a bit. can i tell you how good you're so i have been totally just promoting your show for i don't know how many years now forever since i found it but even as an example this week you guys had done wonderland with uh, val kilmer yeah and dr jekyll and mrs hyde Mrs. Hyde, yes. Sister Hyde. Sister Hyde, which was a Hammer film, which I had kind of known about and was not on my radar. Oh, man. But this is the thing about your show. Like, Wonderland, I own. And you talk about this other film that I knew about. But after listening to you guys, I'm like, oh, well, I got to go buy that one. And this is my problem with your show. (laughs) Every week it comes out, I'm going to Amazon and buying at least one or two of the films that you talk about. And and that's not even counting the ones that you reference in your segment of, here's what I watched this week. So I absolutely love your show, but I got to tell you, I hate it too. Or at least my bank account hates it. Because you guys are never wrong in your recommendations. Just 100%. I love everything you guys love. We appreciate that. I so. mean, we we love movies. And yeah. uh, I know you guys do as well. And it's a brotherhood. A brotherhood, a sisterhood. It's a, it's a family, uh, as Vin Diesel would say, as Dom would say. It's a family. It's a family. It's and, a family. Uh, I, I think, we live our life one Blu-ray at a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, in, God, in, in our three cases, it's more like three or four. At a yeah, time. three or four blu <laughs> for family. Three or four Blu-rays at a time. It's very rare that from you two, I get a picture of one Blu-ray. <laughs> I don't think it's happened. <laughs> so American. Sammy and I are sitting on the front porch drinking Corona. I look over at Sammy and say, Sammy, what do you remember about your father? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, Every Sunday after church, people would come over. We'd watch Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, I do appreciate that compliment, though, because, I mean, that's what we do it for. We do it because, I mean, I want people to go out and see Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. I mean, I think it's one of the five best ha- Hammer films ever made. I, I, I Nobody knew about talks it. about it. I would have yeah. never gone out and, like, I got to buy this thing until you guys talked about it. So Yeah. Or even Nightmare Alley, which we talked about. Oh, we yeah, talked about Nightmare Alley. I've been, I was sending you articles all day about yeah. the remake of I watched, it. Because... Actually, the trailer just hit right before we recorded this. The trailer's out now. Oh, now i got to go watch that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what I like. Charlotte Street's another good example. I, I like turning people on to movies that I liked or that I just saw that I liked. But there is a dark side to it. There is a part of it to me that likes turning people on to bad movies as well because <laughs> yes they hold a special place as well champagne and bullets there you go i don't think anybody it's often said nobody intends to make a bad movie but thank god they are yeah made. <laughs> i agree troy what do we have going on in our other podcast so listen, folks, if you uh, want to participate in this conversation and send us some comments, you can always go to our notabombpodcast.com. We actually have a little link on there that you can send us a message. So tell us what you think of Edward or tell us what you think about the movies that we've talked about. 
we are in the middle of an entire month of talking about movies based on video game properties that bombed at the box office. So we just wrapped up Warcraft. And next week, we're going to be talking about Tomb Raider. So not the Angelina Jolie versions, but the latest one. And we're we're having a special guest. Jose is joining us. Oh, boy. Been, yeah, who's been on the show a couple of times. And uh, we got one more video game movie that we'll announce at that show. And then we get into spooky season. And, yeah. and uh, Sammy will be joining us for maybe an episode on that one, too. But, uh, yeah. I made a mistake of looking up one-star reviews on Amazon for the Tomb Raider 2018. It's a lot of pervs saying that Alicia Vikander is not uh, boogalicious enough to play Tomb Raider. So. Oh, that, that'll be a fun episode, especially with Jose yeah. on there. So yeah. Yeah. I, hope he's, I hope Jose uses the word boogalicious. <laughs> yes. He probably will. The, the truth is the, the, the video game uh, thing, it's been a great month for you guys. I got to say, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. And I'm glad you guys did Warcraft. I'm really glad. I mean, uh, I know I Brad am. I don't think Brad is, but I am. Well, I'm glad I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I think Brad. I think Brad's comments are are valid. Yeah, they are. they are. You I, mean all, all orcs looking the same? Not that one. That was that was totally orcist. Not that one. Maybe it was more the boobalicious thing. Yeah. But no, the the the, the truth is, I, it was a good conversation. Yeah, because uh, it's one of those things. You said something nice about my podcast. I feel like I don't feel like I have to say something nice, but I want to say this. I feel the same way. That's one of the great, when you have a good podcast is when you ride in the car and you're listening to two guys, two gals, a guy and a gal talk about a movie. And you're like, yes, you're right. The first 20 minutes of that thing or 30 minutes is a total mess. Even when Brad texts me and Randy and me were talking about it, we were like, yeah, man, what is going on in this first 30 minutes? Who knows? So I knew that, uh, we were on this, we were in simpatico. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I, I also wanted to tell people that, you know, we always appreciate people listening. Again, there's an unlimited amount of choices yeah. for podcasts. Yeah. Um, people choose to spend two hours with us and an additional hour on Saturdays when we release these episodes. So, you know, people give us three hours a week, which is a lot. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, and they're checking out your show. I know a lot of your listeners have come over and yeah. checked us out and we appreciate that. So, um, that's good. But for next week, uh, we will be doing uh, Toys in the Attic and Jupiter Jazz Part 1. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See you, Space Cowboy.